0: So I'm continuing the Justice series this week. For those of you who don't know, I just graduated from SU in May, and I'm learning that along with graduating comes like a lull of like, I don't know what I'm doing, and then with that, anxiousness, because I don't know what I'm doing. And so things for me seem to surface at night. I don't know if any of you have that experience. Like Something that was like kinda of bad during the day, at night seems like 10 times worse. And so, this happened to me the other night. I was thinking about one thing, and then suddenly sort of thinking about, like, everything that could happen that could be bad in the next 10 years, which isn't productive at all. Um, And so, quickly, my emotions came over me, and I was sitting with a snotty, dripping nose, which is probably not what you needed to know, but you're welcome. In that state, I decided that it would be best to sort of sit with my Bible and um, see what, I don't know if any of you have heard of this, it's called She Reads Truth, it's an online devotional thing aimed towards women, but don't worry guys, He Reads Truth is coming soon, I'm told, I'm not on their team or anything. Um, So I don't usually burn a candle when I sit down to read the Bible, but recently I read something in a book about the lighting of candles, and, and I thought it would be a nice, touch in this meltdown and so I went upstairs which is where my bedroom is. I live with my grandfather. Um, His house is three levels. I live in what we call the lighthouse room. It's like a very small room surrounded by windows and um, so I went up there. There's a dresser where I know is where he keeps all the candles. I don't know if this is a common experience but grandparents keep a lot of candles that never get lit and so some of them could be like this, like Santa, you don't want to light him on fire, right? Um, Other ones are like this, and I'm like, why aren't we lighting that? It'd be nice, I think. Looks like it might smell like cinnamon, which, I like the smell of cinnamon. So I look up there, and I'm I'm going through the drawers, trying to figure out what I can light, and I'm like afraid I'm gonna burn something that can't be burnt. So then I remembered, oh, I've got 138 days till Christmas, I don't know if you realize that. Some of you hate me right now, it's okay. Um, I, re- I remember my mom gave me <clears throat> a few votive candles with like the battery, their battery powered switches on the bottom. I guess she was afraid I was gonna burn something down. Um, which I'm not, I'm not like a pyromaniac or anything. So I, uh, I remembered that I had some of those, looked around, found a couple in a box, and um, turned it over, pulled out the little tab when they're like brand new, and uh, flipped the switch on. And it would only stay on if I sat there holding it together, which is not the ideal, like I've got other stuff to do. I don't want to be sitting there holding this candle together. So I opened it up, tried to figure out what was going on. I made you all diagram. I know, okay, so we've got our BPV, battery-powered votive. Um, from the bottom, this is the bottom view. We've got a secondary view on the, the next slide. We've um, got a few different parts. We've got the lid, which is essential. We've got a metal thing, which I labeled metal thing. I didn't know what else to call it. And then you've got a battery. So this metal thing has to be touching the battery to I'm assume, assuming that it like completes the circuit or something. And so that, that's what was wrong. So I went, I went upstairs to look for some tape. I couldn't find anything, which is weird because I have glitter tape. I could have used that now that I think about it, but. Oh well, while I was searching for tape, I found an unopened container of Play-Doh. And so I decided that it would be good to use the Play-Doh instead of tape, that's logical, right? So I sat down. Opened the the Play-Doh, and I smelled it, because it smells great, I don't know if you know that, it reminds me of childhood, it's like, it's just a great experience. And, um, oh, here's a secondary view. Okay, so space is bad, between the metal thing and the, I was really proud of that diagram, I think you should know. Um, Shoved some Play-Doh in there, closed it up, didn't work, shocking, I know. All I ended up with was a gunky battery and a still-dead candle, which neither of the things that I wanted. So eventually I got smarter and just folded a piece of paper, which some of you are probably from the get-go, were like, just fold a piece of paper, Tessa, it'd be easy. No, I don't think that way, I'm sorry. Um, I folded a piece of paper and it worked great. But in the midst of it, I realized something bigger. Um, I think, We tend to be, like with sin sometimes, we settle for something that feels satisfying in the moment, Um, an easy fix, but it's really an imposter. Uh, We know what is good, but we choose the alternative. We try to go the easy route, and when that doesn't work, we force it through whatever means possible, usually gunking up the situation um, with our childlike Play-Doh approach, which is the approach I take in life often. Um, The candle was okay for what it was, but did not entirely satisfy my desire for a real flame. I think it can be this way with justice sometimes. We find ourselves heartbroken or in the meltdown, in the middle of some injustice we've just heard about, but then end up giving it a one-time gift to a cause, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I think it's great to give to um, causes that are doing justice work around the world. But I think sometimes we're also cheating ourselves out of having a more personal interaction with justice. I'm speaking about myself in all this because I think I've come to the realization, sort of in the middle of um, this series that we're doing, that justice work is for all of us. It's um, a responsibility to all of us, whether that looks like helping people in other countries or helping our next door neighbor. And so when I was looking uh, for a good definition of justice, the answers that I kept getting were unsatisfying, justice. Which, I think this is cheating. You can't use the word just in the definition of justice. That's all I'm saying, dictionary. Um, And then, so I went to just, it's based on or behaving according to what is morally right and fair. I was like, okay, that still doesn't give me a ton. So, Josh had told me about this quote um, when he had asked me to speak, and it's, justice is what love looks like in public. And so I was kind of going off of that. I recently read the book Love Does by Bob Goff. I highly recommend it, I enjoyed it. Um, And he says, when love is a theory, it's safe. It's free of risk. But love in the brain changes nothing. So with that, I wanted to talk about James 2. I'm just gonna read it. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. A person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab a prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. And so I was just thinking about this um, and the, the metaphor of the candle, and I think we tend to have a lot of the indicators of justice workers. But to have more than that, to have more than just the facade, it's costly. We look like a useful, functional, practical votive candle, even if it's fake. But if you open us up and look inside, all the pieces are there, but they're not positioned in such a way that they're doing anything. We're meant to be imitators of the real candle, the real light. We have all the parts to be a light, but when the switch is flipped, when we have that moment of realization of brokenness and our ability to help, We haven't positioned our bodies in such a way that we're doing anything. The number of times my heart has been broken for people around the world, but my behavior hasn't changed greatly outnumbers the number of times that my heart has been broken and I've been sprung into action. Um, Part of that, I think, stems from my lack of confidence um, and belief that I can do anything. Part of that is probably laziness, if we're honest with ourselves. And part of that is being overwhelmed and not knowing the how. The reality is that having a hand in justice can be hard work and emotionally draining because we are vesting ourselves in a cause. And particularly as a young person, I think it's easy to think that there's nothing I can do. I get overwhelmed by high numbers of death and trafficking statistics and millions of people without enough food to survive, and I think, what can I possibly do? I just graduated with my Bachelor of Fine Arts, and my hobbies include writing songs, drawing words, and dancing in the car. Um, What am I, and who am I, to make a difference in these big issues? And so, I think that we just need to start somewhere. I'm sorry if that looks a little aggressive, it's in all caps, like I'm yelling at you. I had this teacher in high school for band, and I actually, she used to write all of her emails in all caps, and it just felt like she was yelling at you the whole time. I quit band after about a week. Um, she made me cry. Um, so I think that we can't be advocates for everything. We were all made differently by God so that we would lean towards different causes. And I think for me, it just comes down to like starting somewhere. What are my interests? Who does my heart like break for specifically? I think some of us. Um, we have, we lean towards helping the disabled or minorities or homeless. I think that's a great place to start in trying to do something in the world. This is another Bob Goff quote, and I thought it was fitting for this, what we're talking about. I want to pick a fight because I want someone's, someone else's suffering to matter more to me. I can't make it matter to me by just listening to the story, wearing the bracelet, or hearing the song about it. I need to pick the fight myself to call it out. Then, most important of all, I need to run barefoot toward it. I want to go barefoot because it's holy ground. I want to be running because time is short and none of us has as much runway as we think we do. And I want it to be a fight because that's where we can make a difference. It's where we belong as we get to the do part of faith.